0: Fact. If I were to turn my latest book into a series of videos, then YouTube would have them removed. Believe me, I have tried. I would be given strikes. I'd eventually have my channel taken down. There are some investigations which the Ministry of Truth will not tolerate, and subjects like the true cause of polio and what actually happened, or rather, did not happen in Auschwitz are some of them. Exile to Aftermath continues my series on Intel PsyOps and hoaxes throughout the decades. It is obviously a blacklisted read. Other topics covered in here is my series on the atomic bomb hoax, as well as the Black Dahlia murder hoax. I've been at this for a long time now, and I do work very hard at it, turning out new content each and every week on my website, The Unexpected Cosmology. Everything I put out is for free. One of the ways that you can support my ministry is by visiting Sacred Word Publishing and purchasing any one of my books. The Hidden Hand of Camelot and It's Only Murder if They're Dead follows the intel psyops and hoaxes of the 60s, while The Angel She Desires unveils my research into subjects like Serpent Seed and The Only Begotten Daughter of Elohim. Also, please consider leaving a review. I do appreciate your support. Shalom. and welcome Hebrews and Shebrews. This is a show I like to call Deep Text. And we are on episode 2. Deep Text of course is a reference to the deep tracks which DJs used to put on the turntable back in the day, playing rarely heard songs over the airwaves and then sometimes they would discuss them and analyze them. This is kind of like that. Only we are reading for you rarely read, practically unheard of sacred text. Notice I said sacred texts and not scripture or books of the Bible. There's a reason for that. We're reading from the stuff that didn't land in canon. By we, I include myself, but also I am joined tonight by James, and perhaps Rob will join us in a little bit. They will be helping me uh, read tonight. Tonight's selections are the Apocalypse of Stephen, also known as the Revelation of Stephen, and the history of Joseph the Carpenter. Ever heard of them? I thought not. Somebody out there on YouTube land right this very moment is opening up the table of contents page in their Bible. And upon learning that both texts that I just mentioned are not included, are prepared to write me an angry letter in all caps. What is this nonsense? Well, some people are incapable or simply unwilling to move beyond the comforts of Roman canon. And if so, then I would suggest this probably isn't for you. I for one let me say that again i am i for, <laughs> i for one am not interested in having my controllers tell me what is and is not acceptable to read as the series continues we will be looking at a great many sacred texts and asking ourselves any number of questions one of which is is this scripture and of course you know there's gonna be complications in some of these texts we're dealing with scribes and you know uh, penmanship and 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 multiple translations you know, and if, if you, at the end of the day, you find that this is not scripture, that's totally okay. That's why we're here. I'm giving you permission to look into these books and read them and decide for yourselves again, instead of having uh, a Roman council come together and tell you what you can and cannot read. So, starting out, we're going to be reading from uh, the the Revelation of Stephen, also known as the Apocalypse of Stephen. I have dropped this into the chat, as you can see. I have pinned it there. And... This goes directly to my website. I put a a lot of effort into finding these books, uh, copying them down, um, editing them in some regards, and putting them onto the website, formatting them for the website. And I I will point out that the two books we're going to go over tonight, The Testimony of Joseph the Carpenter as well as The Revelation of Stephen, both were introduced to me by James, uh, who is going to be reading uh, the first book tonight. So thank you, James, for bringing these to my attention. They are interesting reads, to say the least. So whenever you're ready, James, let's start the Revelation of Stephen.
1: Absolutely. The Revelation of Stephen, or the Apocalypse of Stephen. Two years after the ascension, there was a contest about Yahusha. Many learned men had assembled at Jerusalem from Ethiopia, the Sabae, Alexandria, Jerusalem, Asia, Mauritania, and Babylon. There was a great clamor among them like thunder lasting till the fourth hour. Stephen, a learned man from the tribe of Benjamin, stood on a high place and addressed the assembly. Why this tumult, said he. Blessed is he who has not doubted concerning Yehusha. Born of a pure virgin, he filled the world with light. By Satan's contrivances, Herod slew 14,000, parentheses, 144,000 children. He spoke of the miracles of Yehusha. Woe to the unbelievers when he shall come as a judge with angels, a fiery chariot, a mighty wind, the stars shall fall, the heavens open, the books be brought forward. The twelve angels who are set over every soul shall unveil the deeds of men. The sea shall move and give up what is in it. The mountains fall, all the surface of the earth becomes smooth. Great winged thrones are set. Yahuwah and Mashiach and the Ruach HaKodesh take their seats. The father bids Yahusha to sit on his right hand. At this point, the crowd cried out, Blasphemy! And they took Stephen before Pilate. Pilate stood on the steps and approached them. I'm sorry, reproached them. You compelled me to crucify the innocent. Why rage against this man? Why gnash your teeth? Are ye yet foolish? They led Stephen away. Caiaphas ordered him to be beaten till the blood ran, and he prayed, Lay not this sin to their charge. We saw how angels ministered to him. In the morning, Pilate called his wife and two children. They baptized themselves and praised Elohim. Three thousand men now assembled and disputed with Stephen for three days and three nights. On the fourth day, they took counsel and sent to Caesarea of Palestine for Saul of Tarsus, who had a commission to seize upon Christians. He took his place on the judgment seat and said, I wonder that thou... A wise man and my kinsman, believest all this. None of the Sanhedrin have given up the law. I have been through all Judea, Galilee, Perea, Damascus, and the city of the Jesuitites to seek out believers. Stephen lifted up his hands and said, Silence, persecutor! Recognize the son of Elohim! Thou makest me doubt of my own descent, but I see that thou shalt ere long drink of the same cup as I. What thou doest, do quickly! Saul rent his clothes and beat Stephen. Gamaliel, Saul's teacher, sprang forth and gave Saul a buffet, saying, Did I teach thee such conduct? Know that what this man saith is acceptable and good. Saul was yet more enraged, and looked fiercely on him, saying, I spare thine old age, but thou shalt reap a due reward for this. Gamaliel answered, I ask nothing better than to suffer with Mashiach. The elders rent their clothes, cast dust on their heads, and cried, "Crucify the blasphemers! Saul said, guard them till the morrow. Next day, he sat on the judgment seat and had them brought before him, and they were led away to be crucified. An angel came and cast away the cross, and Stephen's wounds were healed. Seven men came and poured molten lead into his mouth and pitch into his ears. They drove nails into his breast and feet, and he prayed for their forgiveness. Again, an angel came down and healed him, and a great multitude believed. The next day, all assembled and took him out of the city to judge him. He mounted upon a stone and addressed them, How long will ye harden your hearts? The law and the prophets spoke of Mashiach. In the first law, and the second, and the other books, it is written, When the year of the covenant cometh, I will send my beloved angel, the good spirit of sonship, from a pure maiden, the fruit of truth, without plowshare and without seed, and an image of sowing. And the fruit shall grow after the damaged codex of planting forever from the word of my covenant. And signs shall come to pass. And Isaiah saith, Unto us a child is born. And again, behold, a virgin shall conceive. And the prophet Nathan said, I saw one, a maiden, and without touch of man, and a man-child in her arms. And that was Adonai over the earth, unto the end of the earth. And again, the prophet Baruch saith, Messiah, the Eternal, appeareth as a stone from the mountain and breaketh in pieces the idle temples of the codex damaged. David also said, Arise, O Adonai, unto thy resting place. Understand then, O foolish ones, what the prophet saith, In this world shalt thou judge. And he looked up to heaven and said, I see the heaven opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of Elohim. Then they laid their hands on him, saying, He blasphemed! Gamaliel said, Wherein this righteous man hath seen the Son, saying to the father, Lo, the Jews rage against me, and cease not to ill-treat them that confess my name. And the father said, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Then they bound Stephen, and took him away to Alexander the reader, who was a chief of the people and of the troop in Tiberias. In the fourth watch of the night, a light as of lightning shone round about him, and a voice said, Be strong, thou art my first martyr, and thine hour is nigh. I will write the record of thee in the book of everlasting life. The Jews took counsel and decreed that he should be stoned. There were with him Abibus, Nicodemus, Gamaliel, Pilate, his wife, and two children, and a multitude of believers. Saul stood forth and beckoned and said, It would have been better that this man should not be slain because of his great wisdom. But for as much he is an apostate, I condemn Stephen to be stoned. The people said, he shall be stoned. But those who stood in front in the front rank with staves looked on each other and durst not lay hands on him, for he was renowned amongst the people. Saul was wroth and stripped those servants of their garments and laid them on the table and commanded the men to stone Stephen. He even looked around and said, Saul, Saul, that which thou doest unto me today, that same will the Jews do unto thee tomorrow. And when thou sufferest, thou shalt think on me. The people cast stones upon him so thickly that the light of the sun was darkened. Nicodemus and Gamaliel put their arms about him and shielded him, and they were slain and gave up their souls to Mashiach. Stephen prayed saying, "'Forgive them that stone us, "'for by their means we trust to enter into thy kingdom.'" And at the 10th hour, he gave up the ghost. Then beautiful youths appeared and fell upon the bodies and wept aloud. And the people beheld the souls borne up by angels into heaven and saw the heavens open and the hosts coming to meet the souls. And the people mourned for three days and three nights. Pilate took the bodies, and put each one into a silver coffin with his name upon it. But Stephen's coffin was gilt, and he laid them in his secret sepulchre. But Stephen prayed, Let my body be buried in my land of Sarasima, in Capogamalia, also known as Gamala, until the Revealing, when the martyrs that follow me shall be gathered together. And an angel came and removed the bodies thither, but Pilate rose early to burn incense before the bodies, and found them not, and rent his clothes, saying, Was I not worthy to be thy servant? On the night following, Stephen appeared and said unto him, Weep not. I prayed, Elohim, to hide our bodies. In the time of our revealing, one of thy seeds shall find us after a vision, and thy, de- thy desire shall be fulfilled. But build a house of prayer, and celebrate our feast in the month of April. After seven months... Thou also shalt rest, and Pilate did so, and he died, and was buried at Capartasala, and his wife also died in peace. But the holy martyrs appeared thrice to venerable and believing men, speaking to them and revealing divine words. For after their death, many believed. Here we have a um, afterword, and it talks about the manuscripts that we just read. So it says one of Franco, the uh, the editor, one of Franco's two manuscripts omits all mention of Pilate who is indeed not necessary to the story. The statements about him are quite irreconcilable with other legends, even those of the Eastern Church, which take the favorable view of him. Franco is clearly right in saying that this romance implies a continuation, and most likely right in holding that the Lucian narrative implies a previous story. But the extravagance of the Slavonic text is such that one cannot but think it has been improved by the translator, and if Pilate could be gratuitously inserted, as I think he has been, by one redactor, others may equally well have been at work. And that is the revelation of Stephen.
0: Now, I put in the, this was a, a curiosity piece. And, you know, I, I think that this read was probably going to be a little jarring for for most people. Um, I, I put in the afterwards there, specifically because I think it's important to note that there, there are two manuscripts that we're worked with, and one, com- as it said, completely omitted all mention of Pilot, which I find really interesting. Um, and I, I, I tend to um, agree here that uh, that Pilot was not originally in the story. I have several reasons for, for feeling so. Let me just go over some of my observations. I was taking notes. I, don't, I haven't been taking notes on these before we sit down and read them, and... Once James and I kind of go over some of this, I'm going to invite all of you guys to throw in your own two cents. If you didn't like this, that's totally cool. It's totally okay. It's not going to hurt my feelings. The first thing I noticed here was that it said that Herod slew 14,000 children. Now, I guess a commenter threw in the 144,000 there. Uh, They were doing a little little math or whatever. But 14,000 is a lot of children. That, you know, definitely had my suspicion, um, particularly since I, I was always under the impression that the children that were killed were specifically in the Bethlehem area. Uh, 14,000 would imply nationwide, it would be a huge massacre of children. Uh, the second observation I had was that he mentions the 12 angels that are going to judge. And I, I found that interesting, that angels, I was thinking the 12 disciples, and we've seen. We've seen this phrase of angel be uh, kind of flip back and forth between messengers of, of Yah being men, but also divine beings. Now, what I see here when I read this is that this is what I would call martyrdom literature. Last week, we read what I, I called uh, pilot literature. You know, I've talked about edemic literature. I've called, uh, talked about pilot literature. This is specifically martyrdom literature, and there's certain characteristics that we see in it. The most popular, I think, of all martyrdom literature would be the martyrdom of Polycarp, which we might read in this series. It's actually a pretty good read. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, You see, in these martyrdom uh, literature, you see these people who uh, are faithful to the end. They go and they, you know, the, the people who are persecuting and trying to kill them are incapable of killing them at first. They have to try all these different avenues. So we see here, like, they try to nail them to a cross. They try to uh, what did they try to stuff into his ears? Pretty nasty stuff. And we also see a, a similar characteristic in here: is that the voice of El, the voice of Yah, will then you know speak to the crowd out loud for the you know the Shaol crowd in here. <laughs> I figured you guys <laughs> would love the uh, the the Saul reference in here. The only the, some of the skepticism I have, and again, I I kind of do agree that I think that Pilate probably was added in here. I, one of the reasons I say that is I believe Pilate was already off before this. That, you know, that brings problems to this text if Stephen is now saying that he's the first martyr. Particularly since uh, Stephen, even in this text, Stephen wasn't the first martyr. I think uh, if I'm reading this right, Nicodemus and Gamaliel are oft before he is. So that, let me see if I can read this again. I have to scroll down here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he doesn't give up the ghost yet. It says the people cast stones upon him so thickly that the light of the sun was darkened. Nicodemus and Gamaliel put their arms about him and shielded him and were slain. So I'm assuming that uh, Nicodemus and Gamaliel are slain in this. And yeah, and gave up their souls to Mashiach. But then Stephen prayed, saying, forgive them that stone us. Um, So obviously he was not the first martyr. He would have been the third martyr by this account. And the only other major problem I have with this is at the end where it says that their, their ghosts, their spirits, I guess Stephen's spirit, came and revealed divine words. So I'm not too crazy about that. Now, now that I've said all that and thrown that out there, uh, James, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, some of those things were jumping out at me, too. I hadn't. Even you know put together Nicodemus and Gamaliel being the first martyrs until you said that, so that was a really good observation. Um, I like I liked putting this into kind of a connection with the account we have in the Book of Acts, and um, it's interesting how you know we don't see Nicodemus or Gamaliel there, but we see Shaul there in the Book of Acts. But this gives you know more of a um, he, he definitely had more of a say in the event as opposed to just holding the coats, according to this document. Um, I, I also, as I was, you know, getting to the end there and reading how he appeared to pilot um, a little strange, but then if you look in the, you know, the afterward, as I, I would agree with you that I believe pilot was, was dead at this point. Um, because, you know, I, I guess this was a, a couple years later, or a few years after the crucifixion, and I, I believe Pilate and yeah. his wife had already, you know, gone gone the way of repenting and dying at that point. But if Pilate was inserted, then that whole bit where Stephen is appearing to him was also inserted. So to me, that wouldn't necessarily uh, negate from other parts of the text, i.e., Saul being present for the. Um, or rather, sitting in the judgment seat. You know, I also didn't. Uh, I I didn't feel super comfortable about the the call to venerate him with a feast. Like that was super Catholic <laughs> in my mind. Well, but um,
0: well, okay. Now those are some great points you bring up. Now, one of the reasons I selected this uh, text tonight was. For a number of reasons, is the one I want to show everybody that when we're reading these texts, it can get a little messy at times. James, that was a great point you brought up. That if if Pontius Pilate is inserted, then so is the ghost story at the end. That is correct. That would also be inserted at the end. But this is one of this is one of those things as we dig through these texts that this is a classic when we're in such a small piece. It seems that different. Uh, scribes had their hands all over this so you have two documents that this translator worked with and they're both radically different and he tried to piece them together the best he could Uh, now what's also noted about this is that the translators believe that this is a a snippet from a much larger story meaning that there it there's a story before this and afterwards it continues that this is like another version of axe uh which has my curiosity because i'm like wow i actually it, it makes me want to read the rest of it what 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 happened before this what's going on afterwards uh but this was a very obviously climatic scene that you know for whatever reason was preserved um i don't i didn't mean to catch you off james i'm sorry i just wanted to jump on that point there about that do you have any else anything else you wanted to add no, just to
1: tail end on that—that's a great point, and it just makes me um, wonder. And I hope it uh, causes some some in some other listeners as well. Who who was the one that was you know documenting this as it was all taking place? You know, we have, for example, the Gospel of Nicodemus. You know, it's it's hypothesized that he himself wrote that. But if in this case Nicodemus is dying. Then who was the one that was observing all this and writing it all down? and you know, where's the rest of that account? that I would love to get my hands on that. Um, but yeah, definitely to your point, um, when it comes to what most refer to as pseudepigraphal or apocryphal or exuical text, or, in my opinion, just you know, ancient texts, sacred, ancient lost documents that we're not supposed to read anymore, when it comes to analyzing these things, I like to take what I can um, that holds up to other witnesses and document those things, but also set aside some information that really doesn't line up because who knows what the Vatican is going to release in a year or two that might, you know, come into accordance with something that we just read tonight. So I like to, I don't like to throw everything out immediately or most of it out just because it, doesn't really um, mesh with what I know. But there are some things that I will um, take aside completely, as you're saying, that seem like gross uh, translator or uh, like scribe, the, the line pen of the scribe just adding in information that doesn't, doesn't seem right, like the pilot thing or the, the veneration with a feast saying or him talking you know coming back to life essentially and speaking as a goat that you know just some weird weird things so that's what I would refer to as some gristle that needs to be removed from the meat of this text and I I'm not at the point of you know really considering this one scripture or not I just I I love it it's it's beautiful and I love the extra um the extra dynamic it adds to the characters that we get really brief mention of in scripture you know Gamaliel I think is mentioned one time Nicodemus gets a, a couple mentions and then Stephen he really only has a, like a chapter and a half and then he's done so I just yeah I just I love this one
0: I was gonna stay uh, now I now I just lost my train of thought I was listening to what you were saying um oh yeah so no I just lost my train of thought bummer I had something I wanted to add, and that's okay. But yeah, I do agree with you that uh, w- when I read stuff like this, and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I would give my stamp on this. You know, I'm not signing this off as uh, I'm not giving my stamp of approval. Let's put it that way. I'm not signing this off as scripture. But there are things in here that that I do uh, sit with and I consider. And you're right. There are there are there are things that I've, you know, filed away in the back of my mind. And some new information comes along. I'm like, wow, that's that's really, that's really pertinent, uh, pertinent to something that I almost tossed away back there. Now, oh yeah, what I was going to mention is that Pontius Pilate. I I personally think he was off pretty quickly. I have read enough literature on, on him that has led me to believe, and even what we've discussed now, just the way the Gospels, the four Gospels, depict him, and how he washes his hand of the whole affair, and he doesn't crucify him. I think that Rome got rid of him pretty quickly and you would need to make an example of of somebody who was that defiant to Rome, who um, you know was an embarrassment to the establishment. I don't think he was around for two years. I certainly don't think he was still governor for two years. This takes place two years later. So with that being said, somebody out there who's listening, uh, the group here. Oh, James, go ahead.
1: Sorry, I just, um, to your... To your point, you know, some things that you were filing away. I filed some things away as well. And I, one thing that stood out to me immediately was the differentiation between the Father, the Son, and the Ruach. You know, when Stephen is saying great-winged thrones are set, Yahuwah and Mashiach and the Ruach take their seats. This is not one being sitting down. This is, you know, three separate entities. So whoever was penning this was not Trinitarian. So I found that to be an interesting uh, thing, as well as Stephen essentially quoting the Messiah when the Messiah said to Judas, what you do, do it quickly. John thirteen twenty seven. Stephen coined that phrase against Shaul and said, what you're, what you're going to do, do it quickly. And um, yeah. And then prophesies about him getting stoned later in Acts 14. Um, super interesting. Yeah, that's all I got. He also, he also
0: quoted from Baruch, which that excited me to hear a uh, a New Testament person. I was
1: looking for that reference. I couldn't I couldn't find it. I mean, I saw that he quoted Baruch, but I couldn't find like where that Did you find the the scripture that he was quoting? No,
0: the the one I'm thinking of in comes from Second Baruch and it talks about how the Messiah is the vine, which I which I speculate Yehusha might have been referring to when he said I am the vine you are the branches. Uh but it talks about how the Messiah would be the vine and he would come in and destroy the rip up the forest and that the last uh the last tree the cedar tree that would be left would be Hazzatan and he would basically throw him in prison and then uh later he would throw him into the fire uh, which is a reference to the millennial kingdom. Uh so I I don't know what this reference is specifically here it looks a little bit different. The idea that the stone from the mountain and break it in piece, pieces the idol temples, uh, but again that that seems to me be another kind of day of the Lord millennial kingdom thing. So what it is anybody else out there? Did you guys have any thoughts on this? Anything you would like to add? Uh, you you liked it? You hated it? <laughs> it's this okay. You can Kim, can you Kim. hear me? I can hear you.
2: <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm walking, so I'm. Out of breath. Um, In response to some couple things James said, I was gonna just ask you guys. um, You were talking, James, about Gamaliel's account. um, And I was thinking, isn't this a couple years later? Uh, So Gamaliel, what we read last week, he still could have done that whole account and then still been stoned a couple years later, right? Don't you think? Absolutely.
1: What, what I was saying was in reference to this one that we just read, how you know they're dying and then Stephen dies and then you know, all this stuff is taking place. I was, I was just musing who was the one that you know, was scribing this particular text. Because, yeah, like you said, the, the account of Gamaliel, which we read last week, was before this in the Gospel of Nicodemus was before this and both of these guys are present but in this moment you know while they're wrapping their arms about steven one of them doesn't seem to have a pen and tablet in his hand so i'm just curious you know who's the one that's observing and witnessing and writing it all down and preserving it for us to read now that was that was right
0: why i said that
2: well and it, as
0: it... go ahead kim oh. oh
2: no i just was thinking it could have been any number of writers since there's so many, you know, um, that would have been observing and watching. And then I just have one more comment, um, just about continuation of acts. Uh, James Cayley and I read the three books of the Great Commission series that Zen published, Sacred Word Publishing. And there's quite a few more kind of acts type stories of continuation from that early church time and other martyrs. And so I was just thinking, you know, we have all of those to glean from too, which just kind of opens our eyes to seeing, wow, there were so many martyr stories out there being written down and saved, you know, for, for us or <laughs> for people to read. Um, and so, you know, this I kinda think this sounds I know there's a few things in it that sound a little off and like you said, a little Catholic or something, but it sure is eye-opening when you read these accounts and go, Whoa, wow, those t- two were trying to save Stephen. That's that's pretty amazing. Cause weren't both of them high priests at one point and maybe now they're kind of knocked down at, you know, not in their Positions, But it's really amazing if it happened that
0: way. Well, you had mentioned the Great Commission 1, 2, and 3. I have those as well. They uh, Fascinating reads. And it was reading those as well as his other book, I think it's called Tales of the Patriarchs, that, uh, that Zen put together that inspired me to do this series and to look at many of these books. Uh, the two books we are going over tonight, actually, I don't think they ended up in the, the Great Commission series, I don't think. I could be wrong, but I don't think Revelation Stephen is in there. But th- that being said, here, here's here's my thoughts on this. One of the reasons why the Stephen Stephen being stoned account was added into the Book of Acts is because Luke was a historian. Now, I've uh, as, as you guys know, it's kind of a messy subject when we get into Paul, and I'm kind of you know I have a lot of different thoughts on Luke. I think Luke was a legit historian. All right. Uh, whether or not whether or not uh, siding with Paul was the right thing is a separate um, discussion altogether. I think he was a legit historian, and the 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 reason why Stephen was included in Acts. Keep in mind that even within the the story flow of the Book of Acts. Stephen is kind of just inserted in there, and you're like, why is that in there? He he doesn't seem to have any connection with the other disciples or with Paul or anybody. Other than the fact, you know, Paul was there to oversee the event. I guess that's an important plot point. But uh, the reason I think it's there is because it was recorded. It was a court proceeding. Uh, the the Sanhedrin would have recorded the event most likely like in in any court, and they probably maybe even wrote down his testimony. So Luke was able to go in and be like, okay, uh, I can pull up these records and I can look at them and I can insert this into my book. So there was somebody there recording that event. I am I am highly skeptical about Gamaliel and Nicodemus being off that quickly, uh, two years into it and still getting out. Uh, the Gospel of Nicodemus and uh, the the Gospel of Gamaliel, which it, it is interesting that it points out that the two of them died together. That 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 may say a lot to their relationship, uh, whether or not they did die in the scene. But if you if you look back through history, like take like the American Civil War or some big events, some big traumatic events, the the likelihood that people are going to sit down and write a biography about it right away is very unlikely and there's a reason why a lot of uh, you know historians will point out that the gospels were probably not written like for like 30 20 30 years after the events uh, it was it be one of those things where you know when you're still in the moment he dies he resurrects and you're going out and telling people and you're still fresh in the trenches and you're being persecuted and you know you're trying to start these churches and stuff you're probably n- not always thinking about we're thinking like i'm gonna write a book of the bible right so i I just throw that out there that i'm a little skeptical that that nicodemus and gamaliel would um get something penned and out uh, especially as beautiful as uh the Lament of the virgin which is very poetic it's written uh, for people who are skeptical that something like some dialogue that like that could be inserted you got to look at the book of job it's the same thing job is just like poetry you know it's job and his three friends really his four friends and they're all you know discussing back and forth and in these uh these stanzas so i i just think that would take time in the age before the computer and you're doing on parchments and multiple drafts and all that kind of stuff that's just my my two cents on that